from RF Smart. This is Taking Inventory, a podcast all about better controlling your supply chain and improving inventory management. And now, your host, Sarah Archer. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Taking Inventory podcast. My name is Sarah Archer. I'm the host of this podcast. And here we talk about supply chain, we talk about warehouses, we talk about best practices for your NetSuite implementation, which happens to be what we're talking about today um, here in the studio in Jacksonville, where RFSmart is headquartered. I've got Seth King with me. If you listen to this podcast with any amount of regularity, it would not surprise you that Seth is here with me. He's here a lot um, because he knows a lot about what we're talking about today and also because we're friends. So I also, as I mean, as far away from Jacksonville as you can be, I've got Ruth Rosenstock, who is Zooming in from Canada. So Ruth, welcome. You're first timer on the podcast. Welcome. And uh, would you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your experience with NetSuite? And then uh, give us a fun fact, Ruth. You know I love a fun fact. Oh, the fun facts. Yes. No. So thanks, Sarah. So my name is Ruth Rosenstock, and as Sarah said, I'm all the way in Canada, located in Toronto, and I'm a partner manager here at R Smart. And um, I came to R Smart about a, almost just under a year ago, and I came from selling NetSuite for the last ten years in the product industry. So, um, when we talk about products, we talk about wholesale distribution, manufacturing, retail, and um, you know, did that over the last ten years. So that was fun, but. A fun fact. So these ones always stump me a little bit, but I'll I'll go into something that's a little bit personal. So my mother's a published author um, in the historical romance field, so fictional characters. <laughs> um, and as a teenager, I was always a little bit afraid to read her books, and I think I had a little bit of fear of what I might read in the romance department. <laughs> so I never read any of her books, and everybody sort of thought that that was crazy. But as an adult, I did read her books, and as I found out, she's actually a wonderful writer. That's awesome. What a cool, uh, cool connection to a, a published author. Um, I'm a big reader, so I might have to get her name later, see what see what I can check out. Um, and a fun fact is that Ruth and I are both big theater lovers. That's something we share in common. Um, and so yeah. definitely something we've been able to connect over, which I love. Um, so Seth, you're here also, and everyone already knows who you are, but if they don't know, um, if this is the first time they've ever listened to the Taking Inventory podcast, tell us who you are, what you do at RF Smart, and then Seth is going to kick off our, our topic today. Our topic is lessons learned from being a part of, I mean, about a million NetSuite implementations. I'm sure Ruth has a real number, <laughs> but um, between Ruth and Seth, I know we're getting up to at least a thousand plus NetSuite implementations. And so, Seth, why don't you tell us, just tell us about yourself and tell us your story. Sure. Yeah. So I've been with the company for almost five years. I started as a sales executive so I was uh, kind of on the front lines dealing with clients, helping uncover their pain and figure out how RF Smart can solve that pain. Uh, in that time, I worked across really the whole U.S. and Canada from a territory perspective. So I've gotten to see a lot of really small customers from startup to very large uh, billion-dollar publicly traded companies. So it's been a lot of fun on that side of the business. I've then transitioned into leading our net new team. So we now have a team spread across the continental U.S., who services our customers uh, in selling RF Smart. And not only that, Seth, not only did you receive that promotion, but today you've been promoted to co-host of the podcast. Yes, this is definitely a resume <laughs> checkpoint. Yes, you've been promoted from just a guest to today he is co-hosting. Tell us your story, Seth. Tell us, set the scene. 
So I'm, I'm running out of fun facts, so I thought I would go with, because uh, I'm not that fun of a guy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell a story of uh, one of the most interesting on-sites I ever did as a sales rep. And this was in my time out west, so this was a customer. They're now an RF Smart customer. Ooh. I will spare the name. <laughs> They're a very happy customer. They are in California. They, uh, they, they basically import um, kind of product that, I, I don't want to say that nobody wants, but like leftover product and then they distribute and sell that product. So think of kind of like a thrift type store, but on a larger distribution uh, standpoint. So I'm traveling, it's probably day four of, you know, uh, five on sites every single day. And we get to this facility and I'm with uh, Chuck Eiton on our hardware team. He's with me. Shout out to Chuck. Yes, Chuck is amazing. So we are, uh, we're on site and the meeting's supposed to start at two o'clock and we're like in their front showroom is kind of like a thrift store, like with some of their stuff. And it's, it's kind of funny because it's like a Disney puzzle, but Mickey, like Mickey Mouse might have one lazy eyes, but so the puzzle's like 30 cents, which might be like $30. So that's the type of products they sell. So we end up having to wait for like 45 minutes walking around this kind of store waiting to get to this boardroom I'm envisioning in my head. Cause normally we get into a nice boardroom, a big TV comes down and uh, after waiting and waiting and waiting, we finally get called back and we're there to provide a demonstration, an on-site demonstration. So we need a TV to present and they take us into their break room. So it's probably like a 10 by 10 break room with like a plastic card table unfolded. And there's somebody like at the other end eating their cup of ramen noodles still like on their <laughs> lunch break. And we're just sitting at the other end of this eight foot table, like having a business discussion. <laughs> so... The TV's on the wall and I've, I've got an HDMI cable because I keep one in my bag and that it's not long enough to get from the table to the mounted TV. But good, the good news is, is there was a, a, a warehouse pet. So there was a, a dog crate right there. So I actually did the entire demonstration on top of a dog crate. And there is a photo of this because Chuck just couldn't believe what he was witnessing. So he took a photo of me during <laughs> this and it's floating around somewhere. Is a warehouse pet a common occurrence? If you're a listener and you have a warehouse pet, drop it in the comments, I if, guess. If you are in Colorado, it is very common. That's awesome. Almost I would like a warehouse every pet. Every warehouse I walked in Colorado has a dog running around. That's very cool. Well, there's a couple <laughs> lessons I feel like you can learn from that story. Maybe, you know, as you're thinking about these lessons uh, preparing you for an implementation of some sort, uh, maybe be prepared is one of the lessons. Uh, maybe RF Smart, you can use it anywhere. You can use it in a break room. You can use it in a warehouse. You can use it wherever. So a couple lessons there. Um, I, let's get into our topic and we'll let Ruth uh, we'll let Ruth tell some of her stories as well. Um, if you are the a customer, an RF Smart customer listening to this, you might be like, well, I have already implemented NetSuite. This does not apply to me. And to that, I would say you are wrong. Um, we will get there. Uh, I think that there's something for everybody in this episode, whether you have uh, just started your NetSuite journey and you've selected RF Smart as your warehouse management partner, or if you are thinking about other uh, possibilities, if you're looking for other partners to use with NetSuite, if you um, are thinking about other things to uh, implement uh, functionality-wise for RF Smart, I think that there will be something you can take away from this. Um, so, Ruth, you like I said, you've mentioned before, and like I said, you have. Done done a ton of NetSuite implementations. Um, and so after working with so many NetSuite customers and partners over the year, uh, I just want to know what what's the first thing that you think somebody should know as they implement? 
That's a good question. I think, you know, it's really important to understand that when you're working with partners or SDN partners or NetSuite Direct, they always come with experience. So they always have the best practices and it's always better to follow them than to fight them. So you want to fall in line. And I'll tell you a little bit of a story about a company that I worked with out in Maryland. They were a wine distribution company and their implementation just took way too long. And I, and I can never put my, my finger on, I thought like, why is this taking so long? The whole, the whole concept seemed very easy. So Years later, I had a customer event in Maryland, and this was a mix of companies that were using NetSuite, customers that were looking at NetSuite, and the CEO gathered around a group of people, and he said, "Have we just followed the suggestions that the partner team was imp- or that was suggesting around the implementation? Instead of fighting back, we would have been live a lot faster." And he sort of coupled that up with saying that they really, truly did understand our business and the best practices around our business, and. Um, and their software. So they, you know, you, the one thing to kind of think about is when these implementation teams are coming in with their best practices, they know the software the best. And they also know your business because they're working with a lot of businesses that are similar. And they're going to work with you on those slight differences. But just listen to them and follow them because you'll have a much more successful go live by doing that. Ruth, isn't that the the whole premise of how the concept of sweet success even kind of came around was sweet success was really kind of saying, let's take this bucket of what we've done and kind of create some best practices from it. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. That's right. It did. And actually I was one of the original testers of sweet success, sweet success. If I could talk a celebrity Um, in our midst. Wow. (laughs) When they first came out, but that's exactly it. They, they knew that there were a lot of standard practices that the companies followed. It didn't matter what product they sold. There was always these standard practices. And prior to that, they sold NetSuite. Um, It was always from the ground up. So think about it. You know, you're going through discovery again and you're asking all the same questions and even customers were saying things like, surely you've done this before. And then the light bulb comes, you know, went off and they said, let's, let's, let's take the system and let's distribute it to our customers or provision it is another word um, with a lot of those best practices in line. And then what we'll do is we'll go in and we'll tweak it and we'll change it based on what those specific needs are for that customer. So it was a great way to kind of move forward with, with the product. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, best practices are best practices for a reason, right? You know, it's Mm -hmm. important that um, that's something that you consider. It also sounds a little bit like, Ruth, that disorganization can be one of the, I think, one of the most crippling things when it comes to um, implementing. Can you give us a story? You know, I love a good story. Maybe about a time (laughs) a customer, uh, you know, picked a really great leader for their project or a time that a customer was really organized and did a great job. Yeah, no, I can. And actually what's funny is this customer wasn't located too far from the other customer. These guys were in Virginia and they were an automotive parts company. And I, I love this company. And, and what I learned from them, even as a sales professional, um, I carry on. So I'll always remember these stories because they just remain in my head. But this particular company was really good. So during the sales cycle, they made sure that they had everyone that was going to be involved in the implementation a part of the sales cycle. So they were there able to ask questions, identify situations, um, tell their part of how they work within the organization, which is incredibly helpful to, to the team. So as they went through that cycle, they had those people involved and then they quickly identified a project manager. So as a company, even though 
this software company is implementing their software, so to speak, you still want to have a project manager to manage your side of the team because you're heavily involved in that. It really is a true partnership when you get to that. So they identified the right people. If there were ever situations that came up during the implementation where they needed to discuss more, they discussed it as a team. The customer and the partner implementation team discussed it, came to a common ground, but also to make sure that they didn't delay the implementation. What you don't want to do is kind of get stuck in these conversations and then days and days go by of trying to figure things out and it never happened. So they always stayed on target with that. Down the line, as um, as they went live, um, you know, here's a here's a better story around this too. So as they went live, every everything was successful from that standpoint. The day they went live was a Friday, and my phone rang at 8 p.m. on a Friday night, and I thought, oh man, like is this going to be good? Because I could see it was this company, and you know, I was nervous. But I picked up the phone, and the project manager that I worked closely with and built a very strong relationship with as well called to tell me that. Their, their go live was successful. They already saw return on investment in the warehouse. I mean, in one day, <laughs> they saw this. And then weeks later, they actually noticed that they were, they were losing about 10K a year in misships. So not only did they start to improve and start to see the, the functionality and the flow of the warehouse you know, move in a much better direction, they're seeing that their money's going to the bottom line because some of the errors that were occurring without having the proper system didn't exist anymore. So we use a term, or I hear our services team use a term a lot in our smart called a super user, right? And there's a difference, mm-hmm. I think, between what a project manager is and what is a super user. So maybe you could talk us through what's a project manager, what do their duties normally look like, how do you identify who's going to be a good project manager, and then what would a super user be, and how are those different? No, that's a good question. So, I mean, a project manager, when you look at some... Um, identifying that person, it needs to be someone that's really organized, right? Because there's going to be a lot of different um, things coming at them because there's tasks every day that happen in an implementation. So you want to make sure that that person from a project management standpoint is organizing the team and making sure that the right people are in the right places. So when you go from that level, you think about a super user. So a super user is someone that knows the system inside and out, right? Because when you're, when you're looking at implementing a software, whether it's an SDM partner like us are smart or whether it's NetSuite itself, you want to make sure that you've got one, maybe even more super users that, that the company can go to that knows everything around the product. So if they need something, they can go to that person or that person can train the next person to be a super user. You want to make sure that you're identifying that person that knows everything around what you're implementing. So again, whether that's our smart or NetSuite. And that's what a super user is versus the project manager that's organizing the team. So it sounds like the project manager is a little more zoomed out, right? Saying, hey, here are the tasks that we need to do as a team. They're delegating that those tasks to their team. They're, they're keeping track of what things need to take place next, who to schedule on the next call, who doesn't need to be next on the call. Yeah. They may even be the person identifying the super user, it sounds like, by what you're saying. Exactly. And then the super user, in what I heard, was the person that's really going to be down in the weeds, in the trenches. So they're going to generally be somebody like a warehouse manager in a, in a term of our smart, or maybe a, who's going to become the NetSuite admin for the NetSuite implementation. So they're the ones that are going to know the nuts and the bolts and can kind of work on the engine and get into the details. Is that exactly. a fair assessment? Yeah, that's a great way to identify it all. Something I think that people don't necessarily think about um, post-implementation is like, 
how are we going to continue our education in this product, right? Like they think, okay, we've implemented this, we know how it works, whatever, but there's always updates. There's always new functions. There's always new things, especially with RF Smart. Um, and so I think that that's one of the things that you can identify too as somebody who's really going to lead um, not only training and and things during the implementation, but they're going to lead training post um Post implementation, and so you know one of the ways that they, we do that at RF Smart is we've got monthly support webinars, um, and so once a month uh, you can lead training with your team um, and identifying somebody who's really going to be integral into uh, making sure that they're attending those webinars, making sure that they're uh, when we do in person events again, uh, meeting up and going you know going to talk to other RF Smart users and learn, um, but then also just like the customer resources that are available through RF Smart on our knowledge base. It's kind of, I think, a kind of a game changer. Um, there's a lot of information there in videos and podcasts that you can listen to about your products. So how, it, identifying somebody who's really going to take um, this as their baby and really um, care about it and make sure that they are continuing to learn uh, post-implementation, I think is really important. And so, Ruth, it, it sounds like the first step is really identifying that leader in your organization. Mm -hmm. The second step to a smooth implementation would be uh, would be timeline. And people often underestimate timelines. So uh, what are some things that can slow you down? Yeah, I mean, that's timeline is it is funny because that really can that can shift sometimes if you're not careful. And that's, you know, again, going back to that project management. But there are really some things that can slow you down. So one of those things is, I would say, probably the main one is data migration. So we're talking about on the NetSuite side of things. Um, I think people underestimate what happens in data migration. You think, well, you're just bringing my data from this system to this system. And is that true? Yes. But there's a lot of things that go through it. Because as an organization, when you're changing business platforms, you want to make sure that you're bringing clean data over. You don't want dirty data in the system. You don't want old inventory products or old pricing or descriptions and things like that. So what happens is you're you're exporting your data from your current system. You need to cleanse that before the implementation team will put it into NetSuite and upload it into NetSuite. So it takes time to do that. And I mean, companies have a lot of data. Like when you think of a, a typical distribution company, they can have thousands of products and they can also have thousands of products that they don't sell anymore. So you need to go through that with a fine tooth comb to make sure that you've got, you know, that right information going in. So the, the, I think the irony behind that is most people are moving to a new solution or whether it's an R smart or a NetSuite because their existing system has some limitations and they do workarounds and those workarounds mm -hmm. create bad data. So there's right. never really a case where somebody's on a system and they're like, our data is so good. Let's go to a new system. Right. So mm -hmm. don't ever be so confident in your data that you're going to just migrate it over. Right. And I think when I think about this from a, a warehouse management perspective and what does it look like to clean data up, like just to say clean data, it, it seems like that would be something like a physical inventory. Is that, is that fair to say? So like do a full physical inventory before you go, update all of those records into the ERP? Exactly, exactly. And if you would like more tips on how to do that, we have a podcast episode all about counting. Actually, we have three <laughs> podcast episodes all about counting because we believe it's that important. So make sure you check out season one of the podcast and you can uh, can take a look at those, at those episodes. Ruth, do you have a, a customer story or anything about a customer that uh, did a great job with this timeline or maybe a customer who did a bad job? with timelines. We'll take either story. 
I know. I'm going to stick to the good one, I think, <laughs> because it, it, it's, it still sticks in my head, too, I think, because I was on a plane all the time, too. But um, I think what's important about this customer is um, this was a company that I worked with actually just before coming to, to RF Smart. And uh, we actually I actually worked with RF Smart as on the NetSuite side with this particular company, which was fun. Um, but I, I think, you know, what's what this company did that was different. Um, and, you know, you think sometimes hey, when you've seen a warehouse, you've seen a warehouse, you've seen the mall. That is not true. <laughs> every warehouse is different and there's always going to be slight differences that every company needs. So this particular customer, I think we walked their warehouse, um, I mean, probably 10 times. And these guys were located in Pennsylvania. So me in Toronto, I had to go each and every time. But I think what what they did, and this this is where it kind of gets into they thought about this because it, it immediately would affect their time guidelines. So we walked their warehouse all the time. We were there you know, multiple times for presentations. We'd walk the warehouse and then we'd come up with ideas of, of what's the best plan, both from an R smart standpoint and also from a NetSuite standpoint. And as we gathered all that information, they had actually planned out the time of we're going to do X at this point. We're going to do data migration at this point. These people are going to do data migration. These are the people that are going to do um, the on-site training. These are going to be the super users. They had everything so planned out, um, which is something I've never seen. I've never seen that before, but they just took that approach. And as a result, their implementation goes that much smoother. And they stick to their own time guidelines because they could identify, hey, we've got meetings here or conferences here or um, we've got other training going on. They could identify all of that. So they took the time during the initial sales cycle to identify those time guidelines on the onset well before they went into implementation, which I thought was fantastic. Plus, I saw the warehouse a lot, so that's always fun. <laughs> so true. It is. So shifting topics a little bit. So when Sarah kicked this off, she said, hey, you may be live on NetSuite, so you don't zone out because we still think there's application here because, um, you know, you hear the term a lot that NetSuite's a platform, right? So a platform generally has things that come on top of it, right? Or bolt onto it, right? So I, I hear that term a lot in our sales cycles, right? NetSuite's a platform, whether it's from a partner selling uh, NetSuite or whether it's a NetSuite rep themselves, they talk about the power of NetSuite being a platform. What does mm-hmm. that What does that really mean, that the term platform? I always like to think of it as a system of truth. So this is this is going to be where everything is housed at the end of the day. So when you need to understand what's going on in your business, this is where you're going to go to. And then when you look at NetSuite, um, the beauty of NetSuite is that it it's covering all spectrums of your business from a sense of customer relationship management. So you don't need other applications. Um, it's got the full ERP piece of it, which is all of your financials and everything related to inventory. Um, and then also you've got areas around e-commerce. So think of those those businesses that have e-commerce sites. And the idea is that all of that information of what's happening within your business is in that platform. But that platform can't do everything, right? I mean, that's that's where we kind of look at different avenues in, in some certain areas. And, um, you know, we talk a little bit around the SDN partners part of that as well. Yeah, so maybe talk a little bit more about that. So they've they've built this platform and they said, here's what we're really good at. But we've also built this platform in a way that allows for industry experts to come in and expand the impact that NetSuite can make, right? So what what exactly is an SDN partner? And I think when we hear that, we also hear the term suite app a lot. And whether people hear the term suite app 
from a NetSuite rep or a partner or just say an Oracle or NetSuite certified partner, walk us through what is what does the SDN relationship look like? What are suite apps? What's the value of them? Yep. No, that's that's a good question. So um so the way that that so going back to how NetSuite built their platform, they quickly identified that they can't do everything, right? I mean there are some very specific things that go on in a business. Let's look at the warehouse because we all we already know that I've walked many, many warehouses. Um, there's a lot of things that go on in there. So you can't be professionals in all of it, but you can be a professional in the platform. So they quickly identified that and built out what was called the SDN network, which stands for Suite Developer Network. And what the SDN network is comprised of is a lot of different partners that have a lot of different solutions in different areas. So you've got SDN partners that have um, a solution in the tax area. You've got SDN partners that work with field service. And then, of course, you've got SDN partners like Smart that are professionals when it comes to warehouse management solutions. Um, then when you transition what that suite what that SDN network is, what they do is they'll build, they can build uh, what's called a suite app. And a suite app is something that is built right on the NetSuite platform. So when you look at the partner solution, those partner solutions can be ones that are built on the NetSuite platform, or they can also be connections to NetSuite. So a suite app is something that is built right on the platform. So what that means is that it has to have NetSuite in order to function, but it's also taking the characteristics of NetSuite. So if we look at RFSmart as an example, RFSmart is a native suite app built on the NetSuite platform and encompassing attributes of NetSuite for the warehouse management solution. So the customer has a full view of what's going on in the business and they're always technically kind of working in NetSuite. They're not working in an exterior system. And that's valuable to customers. Um, it's important for customers to work on that same platform. And that's why a solution like Smart is so important because they're working on that same platform. They're not changing platforms other than having, you know, a handheld out in the warehouse. But all that information is um, built, is, is within NetSuite. And then it's taking all the the other parts of the information in NetSuite and then creating what that customer needs from maybe a reporting standpoint. Well, and one of the values that that brings, right, is risk mitigation and not having all your eggs in one basket, so to speak, all of your NetSuite eggs. Um, what are, you know, some other maybe benefits um, of, you know, utilizing other SDM partners or using that suite app um, to do some research and determine what kind of partnership might be right for you? So I think, um, you know, I think the SDN partner network is so important and so valuable because you already touched on the risk mitigation part of that, Sarah. But I mean, these are the professionals in in this spot, right? So they know what's going on with taxes or warehouse or field management, like I suggested before. So they're always going to know that. So when you were talking about risk mitigation, I think like, okay, my builder built the house, but they subcontracted out and said, the plumber is going to come do the plumbing and the electrical is going to come do the electrical. And we're going to hire an HVAC guy and we're going to have a roofer come in. And it wasn't just Jim Bob. Who's like, well, I could do all of that. Probably. Okay. You mitigate, I mitigated risk by having industry experts in all of those different trades come in and perform those at the highest level. Right. Because they were the professionals in that space. Right. So they knew, they knew the questions to ask. They knew, they knew what it's going to take to get, you know, 
to get that plumbing set up, right? They know everything that's going to happen. Um, and that's the same with SDN partners because they're the professionals in that group. So they know what to ask. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, when I was a sales rep at NetSuite, obviously before I came to RFSmart, I worked with RFSmart a lot. And the reason that I brought RFSmart into the deals that I was working is they always knew the questions to ask. And they, they, they knew they, they got really deep to understand the business of what's going on in the warehouse, because if that is not working properly, that is going to affect a business. And I wanted the professionals in my deal and I wanted the professionals with that customer to make sure that they were successful. Well, and you minimize the value of what is happening in your warehouse or with your taxes or wherever, if you aren't using those professionals, right? If you just say, yeah, this is one box, let's just check it all. um, You end up potentially kind of minimizing that value as well. Right. It never works. It never works. And in fact, customers usually, if they, if they think if they just try to take on too much and don't bring in those professionals, then it can work in the reverse. Well, and in fact, their business not going to happen. If you're an RF Smart customer and you're like, yeah, we do need some of these partners that you're talking about, of course, the SDN network is a great place to look, but we also have a partner management team that can help you get connected to partners, which might mean that you get to work with Ruth. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the best parts. Um, So, you know, guys, let's go ahead and wrap it up for today. We talked through um, kind of three big things with your implementation. You want to make sure that you're doing the best practices for any software that you implement. You want to make sure that you've got a super user or a leader that can not only lead on the front end and work in training, but also continue education throughout your time using that software. And then we talked about choosing the right partners and how to find those partners. So Ruth, my final question for you today, and Seth, I think that you can also probably answer this as well, but if you had three do's and three don'ts uh, for your implementation, what would those be? So for me, (laughs) three do's and three don'ts. Um, so listen to the industry experts would be, you know, on my side, um, ask questions during the evaluation, um, identify a key person, you know, those would be the do's. Um, and then from a don't, I mean, don't try to fit everything that you're doing, um, in the past into a new system. Um, you're, you're, you're going on to a new platform, whether that's a solution from an SDN partner, whether it's, it's the core part of NetSuite, don't try to do what you're doing in the past in new, um, the end results will be where you want to be, but just accept it and, and understand that there's going to be change. Always communicate to to the services team that you're working with to make sure that there's open communication because if that's not there, it you know it can really um, take a project in, in, a, in a bad direction. Um, and then stay a part of the implementation. Always um, be a part of it. Make sure your super users are a part of it. Make sure as a project management that you're a part of it. Don't think that you know, don't sit back and let the teams implement, be a part of that because it's going to help you in the future. And it's also going to help make sure that your go live is successful. Seth, what about you? Do you have do's and don'ts? Um, Yeah. So do pack a long enough HDMI cable so you don't do a demo (laughs) on a dog crate. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. We were talking about something else. So yeah, I would say, um, you know, Expect the unexpected. So build in buffer with your timeline. Don't expect that things are going to go 100% smooth across the finish line. Build in that buffer time. It's going to relieve pressure. Um, don't. So I think of garbage in, garbage out. So don't just push all your old data into your new system, right? That's, that's a, a bad idea because 
you're then going to get it running and you're going to run into issues and you're going to blame it on the system when it's really a data issue. Um, don't make your super user your PM is what something I heard today. It seems like those people have very different qualities. So your super user is not your project manager. Both of those roles are important. You need both and one person cannot do both. Again, don't put all your eggs into one basket. Yes. <laughs> and uh, do continue ongoing education. So listen to podcasts, webinars, pod- and basically white white papers, right? So mm-hmm. get a part of user groups, right? Learn from others, right? So don't feel like you've launched the product in your life that you've arrived, right? That even rhymed. Wow. I might have a, I might have a second hobby on my, my hands. <laughs> this is now a rap podcast and Seth will be rapping for us. So yeah, those are my do's and don'ts. I don't know how many that was, but it seems like no, that's five. Good. Yeah, no, yeah. that's good. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here today. Um, thank you for Ruth for your bringing your experience. Seth, thank you for rapping for us. And uh, for those of you listening, uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. So you get notified every time that there is a new episode. You can also subscribe on our YouTube channel if listening on Apple Podcasts or uh, Spotify or wherever isn't really your thing. But we also, if you don't like any of those options, now have an option where you can subscribe on our website and get an email every time that there's a new podcast episode. So you can check that out at rfsmart.com slash podcast. And you just scroll down. It's like halfway down the page and you'll, you'll be able to subscribe and get an email. So that's very exciting. Uh, thanks again, guys, for being here. And uh, if you are listening and have questions, you can also email us at info at rfsmart.com. Make sure that you check out other episodes. Um, go back and listen to those counting episodes if you haven't already. And guys, mm-hmm. have a great 2021. I can't believe that we're already here. I can't believe that we have already uh, started season two for the podcast. Um, I'll catch you guys on the on the flip side. Thanks again, Ruth and Seth, for being here today. Thanks, Sarah. No worries.